Heavenly Father, we just ask that you clear the clutter from our minds. Allow us to hear your word this, this evening. Remind us that you are God. Let us hear your message. Again, just clear the clutter from our minds so that we can focus on your word and your message. Amen. Thank you, Susan. You did a great job reading. I'm not going to read it again. But I want to ask you, so daily we place our trust in people we don't know. We trust that the driver of the car next to us or behind us is going to actually stop when we stop. We hope that they're paying attention. We trust them. They're strangers, but we trust them. We trust a stranger to give us directions when we're in an unfamiliar location, when we don't really know where we're at. We walk up and say, hey, can you tell me how to get to Starbucks? We trust that their directions are clear and accurate. We walk around blindly, blindly trusting in humanity. Sometimes we are so wrapped up in our own agenda that we don't even notice anyone or anything around us, trusting that we're not going to get harmed. Do we trust God the way we trust man? Do we trust God in only the little things? If I'm being really honest with you guys, I love Christmas. I absolutely, it is my, one of my favorite times of year. I love to go shopping. I don't buy anything half the time, but I love to walk through and see the people and listen to the sounds and listen to the music. And sadly, I'm saying 90% of the time, I don't hear myself, but apparently I sing to all the Christmas carols that they play. Maybe I'm not paying as close attention to the surroundings. I'm hoping everybody else is in the same headspace as me. Christmas. I love Christmas. Christmas songs play everywhere. I don't think there is a place that you can go right now that isn't playing Christmas music. Some of these songs are absurdly silly and just make us want to laugh or even roll our eyes. Like, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Really? Some are just catchy tunes that make us want to get up and dance. Like Bobby Helms' Jingle Bell Rock. Right, Jeff? (laughs) Some remind us of the nostalgia of our childhood. Like Elvis singing, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. Maybe for some of you, it's Bing Crosby singing, White Christmas. Music makes our hearts sing. Music sometimes tells a story that the spoken word just can't do. Many of us sing Christmas songs in the stores as we shop. When we're watching TV, yes, I know I do that. You guys tell me all the time. Even in our cars as we're driving to work or going to visit our friends. Singing lifts our mood. It brightens our day, and it puts joy and a song in our hearts. 
Music is truly a universal language. I am probably one of the biggest supporters of Christmas music being played year-round. I might be the only supporter of that. <laughs> I start playing them in June and usually don't stop until way after Christmas, as my family can sadly attest to and, and probably want to shoot me at some point. But they make me feel light. They make me feel comforted and even giddy with the thought that baby Jesus came to save me from my own sinful self. Wow. Has, that just brings such joy to me. You can probably guess one of my favorite songs is O Holy Night. When I was a little girl, I would hear Mahalia Jackson sing O Holy Night. When I would listen to her sing A Thrill of Hope, the weary world rejoices, or fall on your knees. Not only did I get God bumps, but I would pray and ask God someday, someday let me sing with the passion, reverence, and awe that she has. Because she was incredible. Her love for God shone through her music. So I practiced and practiced and practiced, And I could sing the notes fairly well. But I didn't have the passion she had. They were just notes and words on a paper. It wasn't until I truly came to know God as my Lord and Savior that O Holy Night became my passion. I can barely sing it without crying or wanting to fall flat on my face in reverence to God. It takes my breath away. It's incredible to me that the difference between I could sing the notes, but now I can sing the passion. I can sing the heart of the song that I so wanted to do when I was a little girl. Oh, Holy Night to me is a tribute to God to who he is in my life. Another song I learned when I was young was the Magnificat. That's Mary's song. It's exactly what she wrote. It was sung at Christmas time. It was sung in every church service. It has been sung all over the world. It has been referred to as the first hymn in the Bible. Much of Mary's song came from scripture from the Old Testament pointing to the new covenant to Jesus himself. There are so many vital truths to learn from Mary's song of great praise because beloved it truly is a song of praise, worship, humility, trust, victory, and adoration all in one song. And it's all to what only God can do. We must recognize that the victories sang in her song are victories in Jesus, not in Mary. They're victories that Jesus has done. Almost all the scholars agree that Mary was a teenager or a very young woman when the angels came to her. I imagine Mary, being a teenager, probably walked around 
the song in her heart all the time. Mary was special. She was a young woman who had been faithful in her obedience to God, but at the same time recognized that she needed a savior. She didn't put herself above God, but she recognized that God is God, and he is worthy to be praised. She saw her own role as that of a servant to God. If you look back, you notice that Mary didn't react like last week we had heard Zechariah when he heard that Elizabeth was going to have a baby. He didn't believe it. He doubted. So God shut his mouth. Luke 1, 19 through 20, the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand at the very presence of God. It is, was he who sent me to bring you the good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Mary didn't act that way. She didn't react that way. She didn't believe that way. Mary believed Gabriel, but she still wondered. Luke one thirty four, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Mary was already a believer and willingly submitted herself to God. Mary trusted that God is God and that God had a plan. Luke one thirty five says, Gabriel replied, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the, babe, so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Can you imagine being a teenager or a very young girl being told that even though you're a virgin, you found favor with God, so you're going to conceive and give birth? And you will call him Jesus. Like you had no say in any of this. And she didn't say, hey, hey, hold up, God. <laughs> hold up, Gabriel. I, I don't want to play this role. She didn't say that. I probably would have argued. She didn't do that. Here she is, a young woman betrothed to a man that she had not yet married. Must be thinking, what will others say or do or think about me? She could be sent away packing in shame and disgrace. She could have a myriad of thoughts running through her head about the appearance of what God was doing. But she trusted God. She trusted that he had the plan, the perfect plan for her life. Not only did she willingly walk that road, but she praised God for the road. I don't think I could have behaved that way. I wouldn't have responded that way. Mary trusted God. She trusted that God found favor in her. She trusted that God sent his angel Gabriel to impart God's word to her. Mary trusted God. Mary's response was, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Wow. It's overwhelming to me. Because I know I argue with God, and I'm an adult. Mary was a believer in God and his promise. She submitted herself to the word of God. If we, too, call ourselves believers, 
we must be willing to trust and submit ourselves to him wholly. Our faith is demonstrated in what we do, not in what we say. James two eighteen through 20. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Faith. Mary had faith. Mary had faith in God that God's word holds true. Beloved, we must trust, as Mary did, that God's ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 tells us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. (coughs) Sorry. Sometimes God's plan seems impossible for us to achieve, but we must trust that God has a plan for our lives. Please know and understand God does not need us to do anything. He can do it without us. But he asks us to join him. He asks us to trust him. He has found favor with us and asks us to come alongside and follow his plan. How can we turn just a blind eye to that? How can we walk away and not rejoice in song that God has chosen us to be his? A few days later, Mary rushed to her cousin Elizabeth's home. Most likely to congratulate her on the child she was carrying because nobody thought she was going to ever get pregnant. Luke one forty one says, At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth recognized that Mary was blessed. She was blessed among women, and that the fruit of her womb, Jesus, was also blessed, and that Mary herself is blessed. For Elizabeth, it must have taken her breath away for just a second because Mary's reaction was totally different than her own husband's. He doubted. Mary trusted. Mary immediately turned the focus off herself, though, and on to the glory of God. Verses 46 and 47 say, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Mary recognized her need for a savior. Mary glorified God and rejoices in God, her savior. Again, Mary places her trust in God and his plan for her life, trusting that God had chosen her not only to be the mother of her own savior, but the mother to the savior of the world. For many of us, that could make our heads swell with pride, and yet Mary was humbled by it. She didn't pat herself on the back and say, look, God chose me. She said, wow, I am just a lowly servant, but God chose me. So first, Mary sings praises to glorify God. 
She sings of how her spirit rejoices in God, her Savior. Again, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Those are powerful words. Here's this young girl who is visited by an angel, told that she's going to have the son of the world, the son of man in her womb. And she's going, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices. That's amazing to me. That's incredible. Then she goes on to recognize her position in life, a humble servant of God. As Christians, we must also recognize that without God, we can do nothing. John 15.5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Next, she acknowledges that God has done great things in her life, and she praises him again, recognizing God's holiness. In verse 50, her song continues to extol the greatness of God. His mercies extend to those who fear him from generation to generation. Exodus 26 says, But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. You see how her song brings in scripture. Because for Mary, it was all about God and his word. She goes on to sing about the haughty and how he scattered them and brought down rulers and sent the rich away empty. Proverbs sixteen eighteen tells us, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. In verses 51 through 53, she sings of how he lifts the humble and fills the hungry with good things. Proverbs 3.34b says, but it is gracious to the humble. Mary is recognizing all of God's attributes and promises. She is rejoicing in who God is and his word. She is showing her trust in God and God alone. It's mind-boggling to me that a 13-year-old or a 16-year-old has committed her whole life to God. She trusts him wholly. She trusts him completely. There is no doubt in her mind that God is God. In verses 54 and 55, she praises God for helping his servant Israel. She wasn't just about her. She was about Israel. She sings of his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever. Not for the next five years, the next ten years, but forever. Jeremiah 30.10 says, So do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, says the Lord. For I will bring you home again from distant lands, and your children will return from exile. Israel will return to a life of peace and quiet, and no one will terrorize them. 
We haven't seen it yet. But we trust. We trust that God's word is true. We haven't seen it personally, but they did have peace for a while. They did have exactly what God said. And then Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months, and she returned home. Why did she stay for three months? Well, if we recall, Elizabeth was six months along when Mary got there. So six months and three months is nine months. God even set that up, the smallest of detail, that Mary would be there to know what to expect. Here's this young teenager that has never had a baby, was never pregnant before, and her cousin Elizabeth is showing her the way. God provided. He provided the perfect perfect example for her. God didn't just say, here, Mary, carry the Son of God on your own. I'm out of here. He prepared Mary along the way. He prepared her constantly. Not only did he send his angel to Mary to tell her of being chosen by God to give birth to the Savior of the world, but he prepared her for the birth. God is in the small details. And Mary trusted that. Mary sang praises to God for allowing her to be part of his plan for salvation, part of his plan for the world. Mark Lowry eloquently put into song just who God is. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water, would save our sons and daughters? Lord of all creation, would one day rule the nations, was heaven's perfect lamb and the great I am. Mary not only knew these things, but she acknowledged and praised God for him allowing her to be part of it. She trusted wholly in God's plan for her even though I'm sure it didn't really make sense to her, it did because it was God's plan and she willingly submitted herself to it. When we listen and sing songs at Christmas, do we listen with a humble heart? How do the songs we sing reflect the greatness of God? Or do we go back and sing, Grandma got run over by a reindeer? Do we sing words on a paper Or do we pour our hearts out in song to God? Mary cannot help but burst forth in song about the greatness and mercy of God. She's showing that even though she will not be around forever, she's acknowledging that God is eternal. His mercies extend to the whole of Abraham's descendants for all eternity. God's word doesn't just work this week or next week, or next month. God's word works for all eternity. We all go around making unconscious decisions to trust people. We trust that our spouse will never intentionally hurt us. 
We trust the doctors when they tell us our child needs an immediate, immediate surgery. We trust that our dear friend who promised to walk beside us during a struggle will actually be there when we need them. We make the decision daily to trust our loved ones, our friends, and even people we don't know. Again, we ask for directions. And we trust them. Even when others let us down, we often go right back and trust them again. Do we trust God like we do people? People will inevitably let us down. After all, we're human and we fail. We don't set out with the intentions of failing, but we fail. Stuff gets in our way. God does not fail. So we trust God in only the little things. Sometimes we gripe and complain that the road is too hard or too long. I know this is shocking, but I myself have argued with God about the path he has prepared for me. Not because I don't love God, but because my plan is a little easier. Maybe a little better. Certainly a lot less work. I think I can do things on my own. I don't always fully trust that God has my best interest at heart. Now, don't get me wrong. I know he does. But I don't always trust the road that I'm on is the one that I want to be on. But I do trust God. I walked away from nursing and counseling, but God pulled me back. I fought him on it. But when I look back and I see the road I've been walking, I can see that it's all part of God's plan, God's greater plan. But I did fight him along the way. Difficult roads aren't the ones we always want to take. But I trust God. Mary knew her road would be difficult. Mary knew that she would probably be judged by some. But Mary didn't question or waver. Mary trusted God. Not only with her life and Joseph's life, but with the life of her son, Jesus. Mary is trusting that God is God and that Jesus is the great I am. Mary is trusting that God had a higher plan. That, my friends, is trust. Trust that God is a God of his word. Trust that God's word will hold true for all eternity. Trust that God shows us all great mercy. Trust that God's plans are bigger than our plans. Trust that God loves us enough to send his son to save us all from our sinful lives. Trust that God has the victory always. God's is always the victory. Mary lived a life to trust and serve God. Do we trust God when things are not going how we want? Do we trust that God is handling our finances even after the loss of a spouse or a job? Do we trust God when we have to make the decision to remove a loved one from life support? Do we trust God when we know what lies ahead 
could cause us anguish or heartache? Do we fully trust that God has a plan bigger than what we can imagine? Do we truly trust that God loves our children even more than we do? So that when their life is turned upside down, we rest in the knowledge that he has a greater purpose and a greater plan for their lives than what we can see? Do we trust him with our very lives and the lives of those we love? Do we know that we know that Jesus is heaven's perfect lamb? If you do not know that today, if you cannot walk out of here knowing that you are a child of God and trusting his word, please come see Chris and Jay, Jeff, Mary, myself, please do not walk out of here without trusting that God loves you and you are a child of the Most High King.